Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Can't ask for better new product lines than that. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. That means everything. Boy, does that give you confidence. Fabulous sales staff. I mean, you ask yourself, why do they have so many repeat customers? Because customer service means everything to them, and it shows. And, of course, a fabulous service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Cole's on the run, trying to get some guys to go with him. Jokic turn, come underneath, and he throws it down. That that was, a, yeah, a dunk. That was a dunk That is the Jokic. 25th dunk this season. And the first time out of the 25, it was announced that way. All right. Um, <laughs> holy moly. Because what happened was he's driving, and then I think he hesitated, and he kind of shot and threw it, like hook shot and threw it down. It was it was kind of weird, so I guess he was trying to portray that, but it just came out a little strange. Oh, I didn't notice at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> so, again... No good! No good! No good! Now, do you have any doubt what the result of that play was? <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, we want to get the suit to run the 40-yard dash. Now, does Geisinger or Evan want to, you know, sponsor it? You know, we get him to run it. We broadcast live. Um Again, I, I had to remind the suit that it was a 40-yard dash. There was no need to have a water station at the 20. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure. And we do it for charity. You know, help out the fund. Make a nice charitable donation. I think the, I think the people would get into it and enjoy it. Doug and I can announce it and... Now, at the 20, maybe the suit will foul, and maybe you won't finish. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul. And then he may not finish, which means it's might not be good. No good! No good! No good! I would then come back from that, and I would have to be the voice of reason and explain what happened. All right, so... You, sir, are my hero. Is he the greatest or what? He's the greatest. I, I'm not 
I'm not a minor Doug Birdsong fan. I'm a big Doug Birdsong fan. All right. So let's get to it now. Let's get to the recruiting aspect of it. Joining us from PennLive.com, Greg Pickle. Greg, welcome back. Great to have you with us. All right. So uh, here we are in, in spring practice uh, for Penn State football. We're going to take this in a couple of ways. We're going to get this and a little bit of basketball in as well. Greg, it, it's it's one of those rights of spring where you can bring in all the, the recruits. They can see spring practice, be around them. You can talk to the parents. And they'll de- well, you can't do anything right now like, like that. So how's it playing out for Penn State on that front? Yeah, it's one of the things I'll be curious to hear James Franklin hopefully talk about when he meets the media tonight. But look, I mean, I think the big recruiting takeaway right now is we know that obviously at this time last year, doing the recruiting game over Zoom and other electronic forms of communication was new to everyone and certainly new to Penn State and its coaching staff and the recruiting department and everything else. So they've learned so much over the last 365 days that you can't, you can't replicate what it's like to be on campus and see these things That's in right. person. But certainly there are a lot of ways to to bring that in-person experience to kids who aren't there, obviously not in the same way, but in a way that at least lets you get something out of the fact that, you know, as you mentioned, the coronavirus-related dead period still is go- ongoing until May 31. So you're not going to have that typical time to get out on the road and see kids, which you would during the spring, and obviously they're not coming to campus. So, you know, you've uh, you've seen a lot of kids starting to schedule visits for June. The official word hasn't come yet that that dead period is going to finally expire on May 31, so that June 1st can be the first day for visits and things like that, and they still have to work out some details about what camps can look like and visits and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, what will, uh, you know, what you will be able to do in Pennsylvania, maybe you might be able to do differently in other parts of the country, so they're going to have to decide, too, if there's going to be uniform uh, rules with conferences and the NCAA and things like that. So there's a lot to figure out. But, you know, I think a lot of kids at this point are saying they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though there's not, uh, you know, official word just yet or a clear plan just yet once in the works. And so it's been a little bit slow and a little bit uh, unlike most springs and certainly not like last spring where we saw right. just a rush of commitments in uh, April and May is Things were really shut down, and we didn't know what was going to happen or when. So, um, not quite as hectic, but that means the uh, summer will be as hectic as they come, Steve. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it your opinion that if everything continues on the the trend it is, I mean, it may be going up, uptick in a few areas right now, but for the most part, it's it's trended way down. That May 31st is finally the end of this. I mean, in terms yeah, of the, I, the dead period, and <laughs> obviously not the end of right. the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. No, I have a hard time believing that so many schools and so many prospects are are willing to go out on the proverbial limb and put graphics out there about visits scheduled and official right. visits and things like that. If there wasn't a pretty good feeling behind the scenes that this was going to be it. Look, I know that what it was supposed to originally expire April fifteenth. I think it was. That might not be quite right, but it was in that ballpark right. and. You know, at that point in time, it seemed like a lot of people felt like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. And now it's the complete opposite where the feeling is, yeah, that's definitely going to definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when the official word comes in. So, you know, I know it was, I believe Yahoo Sports uh, and a couple other outlets were reporting not too terribly long ago that they were trying to figure out 
what to do with the typical July dead period. Would that go away? Would it be half a dead period, half an evaluation, or a quiet period, things like that. So, again, they have plenty to figure out here, but uh, I think it goes without saying that coaches, players, families, all that will enjoy the opportunity to see each other face-to-face and get to do all the things that you do when you visit a place like Penn State sooner rather than later here as we uh, inch towards June. All right, uh, I'll get to the the June, July, August part in a moment. In your opinion, what kind of foundation has Penn State laid for 22 and for 23 based on what they've been able to work through so far? Yeah, I mean, 22 and 23, obviously 22 is the one that's off to a roaring start, eight commitments. It's uh, in the top five. It might even be, I'm sorry, it's in the top ten. It may even be top five. I know it kind of changes by the day based on commitments with how close the sort of top 10 is lumped together in the 247 sports composite rankings. But yeah, I mean, you can't really, uh, you can't really sneeze at what Penn State has done so far in this cycle. You know, two quarterbacks, four Pennsylvania guys, um, they're loaded up on offense. They have playmakers at a, a number of spots on that side of the ball. They think they have their two quarterbacks for the future, which, you know, in the, in the year or the age of the transfer portal, obviously, if you can get two guys you think are going to come in and compete, you might lose one of them, but guess what? You have a shot at hitting with one of them, too, of course. Right. So, you know, they're very happy, I'm sure, with what they've been able to do so far. And I think the other key, Steve, is that when you look at this group of players, you don't really see guys who you feel like are more likely to decommit than not. You know, will they lose some guys or a guy when visits start again and other schools can yeah. wow recruits on campus just like Penn State's going to be able to? Sure, it's a possibility. And let's be honest, the math of the way decommitments work anymore basically tells you that you're almost certain to lose at least one guy that you have committed to you. But, you know, this group, again, it seems like it's pretty tight-knit. And, I, and while the odds say you're likely to lose a guy, I don't know if they will. So I think that's another key to this, too. It's not like there's a guy who stands out like a sore thumb in terms of, man, as soon as he can go take visits again, he's going to and he's going to be gone. So it's a possibility. But, you know, when you talk about a foundation of the class, you need your early guys to be the ones who are going to be your rocks when it comes to being on campus and recruiting uncommitted guys, taking those unofficial visits where you come up for the day or for the weekend to be with other kids who are coming in on paid visits. And when you have four PA guys, an Ohio guy, I mean, obviously Drew Shelton's down in Florida, but, uh, you know, Jerry Cross probably isn't flying in the four-star tight end from Wisconsin for too many unofficial visits. But you have a lot of guys who can drive to Penn State, drive to State College for those weekends, and that can't be underestimated when it comes to being able to put all of your, uh, you know, all of your recruiting tools out there and in use when these visits start up again. Which then brings us to the next part. James did dangle the idea in his initial spring press conference that, hey, look, they'll at least be looking to see if there is a quarterback to transfer and just put a little more experience in there because, uh, you know, right now they have four quarterbacks here. Uh, That includes Mason Stahl. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because obviously you're keeping an eye on the portal all the time. Uh, your thoughts on that and how important might spring practice be to somebody thinking about entering the portal uh, from another program? Yeah, I mean, that's just it. And I think you have to look no further than the situation Penn State had a couple of years ago with Tommy Stevens. And yeah. he obviously was banged up during that spring practice, so it may not be an exact apples-to-apples comparison of what we might see elsewhere. But, you know, a guy who comes in as not a co-starter, but as a 1A and 1B, maybe not a 1 and 2 necessarily, sees the writing on the wall that he is going to be number two and that that guy who he was kind of neck and neck with is going to inch ahead and keep the job. And he's going to look 
around. And, you know, the question you always have to ask yourself is when you're looking at these transfer pool options is, well, why couldn't he beat out the guy that's on campus at his old school? And is that guy, uh, what would that guy who he was beat out by, what would he do on our campus? And I think you always have to ask yourself that. But at the same time, um, if you're not looking for a starter, if you come through spring practice and you say, you know what, we're in really good shape here with what we have. And we'll bring someone in with Sean Clifford to compete. But like with Tommy Stevens down at Mississippi State, if he doesn't come in and compete and win the job, what is he going to do for us otherwise? You know, maybe Penn State finds a guy like that. You mentioned a veteran guy, some experience. And I, I don't know, that might be comfort to come by because that guy might be looking for somewhere he's more likely than not to get on the field with NFL draft aspirations in mind. So maybe you get a middle not a middle-class guy, but, you know, someone who's maybe been on his campus two years, three years at most, and has a few years left, though, either because of a red shirt or the extra NCAA year or maybe plans to go to graduate school, whatever. Maybe that's the route they go. So it's not easy to find these guys in the portal. Obviously, the good ones have a huge market, and that's the other problem, too. But, yeah, I don't think there's any question that they have to keep their eye out and keep evaluating because they're in a really – unique spot right now where they have one guy who's played a lot and three guys to one scholarship who haven't played at all and when you talk about Christian Mayu, um, you know, he didn't have a senior season in high school, so he didn't even have that to continue his development. So, yeah, it's a pretty precarious spot in that room right now, numbers-wise, and it's one you would love to clear up through the transfer portal to get you through this year until, you know, those 222 guys arrive uh, at this time next year. What kind of organization? Now, let's go back to a previous answer because I said I was going to revisit it. Here's the question that goes with a previous answer you get as we revisit what kind of organization is it going to take because you could have a plethora of visits all at once because players are going to have to get as many visits in as possible across the board. So what kind of organization is it going to take if you happen to have a weekend where there are a lot of visits? Yeah, well, it's going to be, I think the first thing they're going to have to do is figure out how many people can they have on campus at any given time based on both capacity limits at the last building, Haluba Hall, different things like that. You know, that's going to be the first decider, no question about it. And I think that, you know, Beaver Stadium is to your advantage at that point because if you bring guys up and you have to kind of do some outdoor work or do some indoor work, things like that, kind of trade guys back and forth almost, I think that could be an option and a way to work around that. So we'll see. That's just guessing. I don't know, but it would make sense. So, um, yeah, the the organization, though, you're right, it's going to be extraordinary. It always is on these visit weekends. I mean, you know if you're around the football facilities at any point, when kids are on campus, it's uh, a sea of, not a sea necessarily, but there's a lot of golf carts buzzing around and a lot of people walking <laughs> around. And you really have to, uh, you know, as a recruiting staff, and that's why what makes Andy Frank and his team so good is oh, that yeah. they have a plan for every single one they of their kids. And it's personalized and it's, you know, top notch. And so the yeah, question will just be, I think, more than anything, what. What, who was allowed where based on, you know, what are the rules related to vaccinated versus not vaccinated? What are the rules based on uh, capacity limits indoor and outdoor? Things like that. I think those will be your biggest challenges. And once Penn State gets those answers, like I said, I'm sure that the team that James Franklin has assembled that's led by Andy Frank will put all those pieces in place to maximize, um, again, what is a, obviously one of Penn State's biggest recruiting tools, having kids and their families on campus to see State College the football facilities and, and everything that they have to offer. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it very much. All right. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Greg Pickle, PennLive.com. Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. 
You know, we were thinking about charity. We've been thinking about others. Matt, thinking about others. Doug Birdsong, thinking of others. I've been trying to do the same. You, sir, are my hero. Yet the one person we need to pull this off then looks, he said, can I hire a trainer? I'm like, okay. Just run the just run just run the straight line, we'll make fun of it, and we'll go from there. Right? Just survive it. Even getting halfway, twenty yards. We'll we'll make it sound like you made it all the way for the forty. Okay? All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK, brought to you by Summary Mode. He's at the 15. The 16. My goodness, he's slowing down. 17. No good! No good! No good! The bottom line is the suit running the 40 for charity would be the equivalent of Charlton Heston in the movie Ben-Hur. He only has to get halfway. Because it's radio, Doug and I would take the same approach as Cecil B. DeMille did with Charlton Heston in the chariot race. His quote was, Chuck, just stay in the chariot. We guarantee you'll win. I think it'd be a fun thing to do. I would. Again, again, because charity would be the winner, just like in the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. Charity is the winner. The Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA—they're the winner, no matter what. That's—I mean—that's important. I think it's important. All right. We've got a lot to talk about in the last half hour. We'll talk some about the NCAA tournament. Uh, it is uh, the Phillies lost today, by the way, 4-1. to one. Uh, That's So that's there. Uh, I, I don't know if the Pirates won or not. Um, As if it matters. The by the way, uh, Maryland won. Maryland's a really good women's basketball team, really good. And they beat Alabama today, one hundred sixty-four. That was a two-seven matchup. Uh, and Missouri State leads Wright State thirty-six twenty-four with uh, three minutes to go in the third quarter. And Oregon leads Georgia. That's a six-three matchup. Oregon's the six. They lead Georgia sixty to thirty-seven with uh, about eight and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. How about the NHL ref? Caught on a hot mic. He was going to retire anyway, Tim Peel. Uh, basically saying, look, uh, I, I, I got to call some sort of tripping penalty on Nashville, blah, blah. He's caught on a hot mic saying, it's like, what are you doing? 
Whoops. So his, uh, he was going to retire April 24th? Sure. Retire. Well, no, he was going to. I mean, that was the plan. But he's retired now. He's done. Oh, boy. 11, 13 of the 34 games. Yeah, so, no, he was going to retire. He's just retiring on March 24th and not April 24th. You, sir, are gone. <laughs> yes. Okay. Great to have you with us. Final half hour coming up. Tomorrow night, by the way, Micah Shrewsbury at 6.30. His first time out on the show tomorrow night. Looking forward to talking to him. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Oh, do they have the product lines. They're the ones I gravitate toward. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great sales staff to work with you, too. Look, they all they care about is customer service. That's why they have so many repeat customers. Because they really take your interests and try to work with you. And this is not just about pushing through the sale. No, 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 no. It's You get repeat customers because the customer understands that they are coming first in the process. That's how Sunbury Motors does it. Pre-owned vehicles, they have the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. The Big Ten has announced that its schools will be allowed to set attendance policies for the rest of the spring based on local health guidelines instead of conference mandates. The decision is effective immediately. It applies to spring football events, spring sports contests, The Big Ten Conference Directors of Athletics and the Council of Presidents and Chancellors made the decision in consultation with medical experts and the conference office. The conference allowed a limited number of fans to attend the Big Ten men's and women's basketball tournaments. Well, now it's going to be turned over to local guidelines for the rest of the spring. Then there's this story. We are obviously in a period of time where you can transfer, and the ACC just made its announcement that you can transfer within the conference. First time the ACC's allowed that. Then we get to Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was asked about the transfer rule at Oklahoma. I think it was a good rule to change. Now players could have the ability and freedom, as it should be, to go to any school they want. Uh... But then Chandler Morris, one of his quarterbacks, wanted to transfer to TCU within the Big 12. Uh, Guess who's not at TCU right now? Chandler Morris. TCU coach Gary Patterson told local reporters Monday that Morris was competing with returning starter Max Duggan, but that he still has not been released by Oklahoma yet. (laughs) 
So Riley, who has said, I think it was a good rule to change. Now players could have the ability and freedom as they should to be able to go to any school they want, said this particular situation for us is about something that we believe in. Myself, the leadership here at OU, we think it's unhealthy for college football to encourage intra-conference transfers. That's something we've been adamantly opposed to for a long time. I get the landscape is changing. We're certainly watching that, and we're... We will adapt as the world changes, but this has nothing to do with that or with the person. Chandler Morris did a tremendous job here. He's a terrific young man, <laughs> but he can't go to TCU. I added that last part in. Of course. <sighs> Morris, of course, is the son of uh, former SMU and Arkansas coach Chad Morris. And his dad, the last couple of years, has been the offensive coordinator at uh, Auburn. <sighs> Look, it's just time to be the adult in the room. Just let him go. It's not as if Oklahoma hasn't benefited from transfers. I mean, Michael Bowen. From Penn State. <laughs> oh, okay. and uh, the Eagles quarterback right now. Robert Congle from Arizona. Running back Eric Gray from Tennessee. Offensive tackle Wanya Morris. Let's see. Kyler Murray. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Jalen Hurts. Oh. Interesting. There's too much of this going on in college football right now, too. But, but the number of transfers or being held up? No, just double standards when it comes to recruiting players oh. and moving players and, and all this. I mean, what's bad about it? I mean, this kid will be released tomorrow, I can guarantee it. You want to know why? He's been called out on it. There you go. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. either. Right. Tomorrow will be like, oh, out of nowhere, you know, through the grace of, okay. That's, you got called out on him. I mean, am I crazy about intra-conference transfers? Of course not. I understand where he's coming from on it. You don't want a guy to suddenly be here one day and be at Ohio State the next, right? Um but that's just not the way everything's going right now. That's not how it's happening. I mean, I always go at, um, I always go back to the Jared Udoff story. Jared Udoff was a forward at Wisconsin playing basketball for Bo Ryan. He redshirted his freshman year. Well, after redshirting his freshman year, he looked around and said, you know what, I want to transfer. Well, Bo Ryan put together, I think it was a list of 24 places. Maybe 28. 28 places he couldn't go. All the other Big Ten schools and all of the ACC schools, and I think Iowa State or something like that. It was really it was bizarre. And, of course, you ask why. Well, Big Ten schools because that was the conference. ACC schools because they could face any one of them in the ACC challenge. 
And Iowa State, because I think they were on Wisconsin's schedule that year, something like that. Well, that's where it really blew up for everybody when that came came up. Udall, by the way, grew up in Iowa. In the end, with a lot of public pressure, he not only transferred, but he transferred within the conference to Iowa, and he was credited at a good college career. Good outside shooter, could run the floor, okay defender, but was a good offensive player and a good shooter above all. But that really got the ball rolling on what we're seeing right now. And holding him up from transferring, tomorrow he'll be a member of the uh, the Horned Frogs. He'll be with TCU. Because public pressure is going to look at him and say, excuse me, so it's okay to get Baker Mayfield, and it's okay from, from Texas Tech, and it's okay, last time I checked, Texas Tech was in the Big 12. It's okay to get uh, Kyler Murray from Texas A&M. And it's okay to get Jalen Hurts from Alabama. But it's not okay for the Chandler Moores to go to TCU? And is the Are the plane flights only one way into Will Rogers World Airport in Oklahoma City? You're not allowed to fly out? Again, I'm not crazy about intra-conference transfers. I think many, many years ago, the Big Ten had a rule. The Big Ten had a rule that you had, if you did it, if you transferred within the conference, you had to sit out two years. And I'm going back 25 years ago. I think you had to sit out two years. Remember the one guy that did it, that transferred within, well, he did it in a roundabout way. Jeff George was at Purdue. He then transferred to Miami and then transferred from Miami to Illinois. He ended up being the first overall pick in the draft by the Colts. I remember he, I remember he did that, but he went to Miami first. Then he went to Illinois. Okay. But it's just not the way it is. I mean, look, Lincoln Riley can fight it. But that's not how it's going to turn out. He'll be at TCU tomorrow. He'll be in Fort Worth tomorrow. The public pressure will be on Lincoln Riley. Look, let him go. The kid doesn't, you know, the kid's made a choice. Not going to beat out Spencer Rattler. He knows that. Time to move on. And that's when it comes to quarterbacks, that's the big part. You do hit a point where you ask yourself, like Joe Burrow, I'm not going to be able to beat out J.T. Barrett. Now, who's the better pro prospect? Obviously, Burrow is, but J.T. Barrett ran things the way Urban Meyer wanted. So Burrow transferred. Jalen Hurts was beaten out by Tuatunga Viola, so he transferred. That's why it happened. Justin Fields could not beat out Jake Fromm. So he transferred. That's how the vast majority of these quarterback transfers happen. You get into a competition, 
It's not like you use multiple running backs during the course of the game. It's not like you don't use six to seven wide receivers in a game. Doesn't like you know. It's not like they don't use maybe seven or eight offensive linemen in a game. You only use one quarterback. And no, they well, you've got quarterbacks looking around saying, uh, "I don't see the out window of opportunity opening for me here." That's why so many quarterbacks get into the transfer portal because you use one. I want to be de- uh, a corner. I want to transfer. At least you use two, sometimes three, depending on, by the way, whether you're the nickel corner or not. But they'll use three, and they'll rotate them, and you they could use six. Quarterback, there's one. I hope you recorded that segment for the suit because he's always been confused about how many quarterbacks are in the game. <laughs> I just, I just thought I'd bring it up. I'm just, I'm here to help. No. I've tried to include him in charity today. Yes, you have. I don't know how well it's gone. I'll bring it up to him. Charity? <laughs> charity begins at home. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. As uh, we wrap it up on this Wednesday, uh, the uh, it's it's interesting the the transfer portal. You know, it's something we all have to get used to. I've talked about. In basketball, it's you know feels like the waiver wire, you know. But I've talked about that for years. Uh, and when you, so you do get used to it. And I realize there are different layers to it: the ability to transfer within the conference and so forth. Um, and there are a lot of people in it. Um, same thing when it comes to um, college football. More names than ever before in the transfer portal. I mean, more than ever. 
Eighth. I'm looking at. I'd have to sit here and count as to how many are in here, but you should see the long list of guys that are in the transfer portal over and over and over and over and over. And that, there's got to be about 700 to 800 in the basketball transfer portal now. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it's simple as a guy like Jack Hoiberg from Michigan State going in. We know about the Penn State situation. Um, but so, I mean, they're all in different situations. Yeah, the situation, for example, um, I'll give you one. Uh, the situation that a John Harrow would be in is different than one for a Kyle McCluskey. And that's... Um, and I'm thinking right now, there's got to be... Seven to eight hundred players in the basketball transfer portal. Okay. Now you have different thoughts on it. Okay. Here, here's the thought of Dave Clawson was overtly critical of what he refers to. He's the Wake Forest football coach of what he calls the transfer toilet. Uh, Kenneth Walker was one of his running backs. He committed and went to Michigan State. He said, the joke in the ACC room is that sometimes we call it almost like the transfer toilet. There are players that go in there and you never see or hear from them again. This whole idea there's a portal and a one-time transfer rule and isn't isn't this freedom great? But you're still allowed to have 85 scholarships. You can sign only 25 players a year. So you have all these players going in thinking that they can go anywhere and play. There are still scholarship limits. He said a lot of players go into the portal not being informed of the national dynamics of that portal. He said that there are 65 Power 5 programs. This is Dave Clawson. This is what he's been saying. He brought up Tate Martell, which is a name that always comes up. He says, cases like Martell's don't always make sense, as he claimed due to Urban Meyer leaving his school after the second season. They should be eligible right away to play at Miami. It was granted to him, but they said no to Luke Ford, the tight end that went from Georgia to Illinois. He said he only transferred to Illinois because he wanted to be near his sick grandfather so he could see him play. The NCAA denied his request, and then his grandfather passed away during the season where he had to sit out. That's... NCAA is an interesting group. They are an interesting group. But you cannot... The transfer portal helps you fill gaps. You have to be smart with it. Um, But you can't build your program based on it. You build your program based on on, because here's the first question I always ask. Why is he or she leaving? 
Now, could it be a case of Joe Burrow of, I can't, I wasn't able to beat out JT Barrett. I want a fresh start. Okay, I understand that. Or is there a problem? Why are they leaving? Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's not. But it would be the first question I would ask. How about uh, Daniel Snyder buying out the 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 minority partners? It just keeps falling down the stairs. He has requested a debt waiver for $450 million to fund the deal. And apparently the NFL Finance Committee approved it. See, and that's what I really don't understand. Especially when you're just finishing this investigation. So what does that tell me? It basically tells me that this investigation means nothing. Well, what's interesting about this... Now, by the way, in the end... He has to get approval of 24 of the 32 teams, which he will. Of course. But explain to me why this guy has full control of a team, but they would never let somebody like Mark Cuban come in. Who did? And didn't he have his that, that one story that came out about some... Issues in the workplace related to that, not as bad as what's going on in Washington, but yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. See, it's com- it's com- it's total hypocrisy on the NFL once again when it comes to these issues. Let's start with this. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of money. His yacht is parked right next to the suits. What? You know what? That actually might be an insult to the suit for once. Like an actual insult. (laughs) I feel badly now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to publicly apologize. Whoa. What a way to end the show. I thought it was big of me. I'm proud. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070.